EMS1.com is the number one online resource for the EMS community and authoritative voice in pre-hospital care. Our members enjoy access to exclusive content from top EMS educators and physicians, award-winning e-newsletters, original video series, member-only product discounts, access to free continuing education courses, and much more. If you're an EMS and not a member of EMS1, join the community for free today. Just go to ems1.com backslash registration. That's ems1.com backslash registration to become a member. Well, it's that time of the week once again to go inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Sabalero, and we missed you last week. You know, sometimes as we record, we run into some technical difficulties, and we had a great show for you, and I tried to get it on the editing board, and it was a corrupt file, but not like our co-hosts. So when we talk about corrupt, here is the notorious KFG, Kelly Grayson. Kelly, what's going on? Oh, not much, man. I'm, I am, you're right. I am not corrupt. I'm a paragon of virtue. No, let's stop that. Stop. If you squint your eyes really hard, you can see the halo. Oh, is that a halo? That's I thought, a halo. I thought that was gas. So. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so, uh, how are things in world famous Pitkin, Louisiana? And by the way, I think they're world famous only because we talk about Pitkin, Louisiana. That's so. right. We're putting. Uh, show by show, putting Pitkin on the map. It's good, man. The, the men are still men, and the sheep are still kind of nervous. That's right. And uh, that's why Kelly wears. That's why Kelly wears a kilt because a sheep can hear a zipper a mile away. That's right. That's right. Um, the uh, it's we're finally getting some cold weather. Uh, we might actually be close to freezing tonight. Oh my goodness! Hey. It got to a high of twenty eight here in St. Louis. So how about that? I'll actually, I'll have to, I'll actually have to put on pants at some point. Oh, okay, interesting. Let's go ahead and transition at this <laughs> point. So Kelly, last week we talked about EMS World, which has just ended mm-hmm. up, and you know one of the things that we try to get around to all the state and regional conferences, and of course, EMS Expo is one of the two largest uh, EMS shows of the year. And, you know, it was it was really great if we could, you know, really kind of get there and kind of have an understanding of what happens. But since we weren't there, we wanted to invite somebody in who was able to give us a bird's eye view from his five foot five stature of what went on at EMS Expo. And here he is, our good friend and an EMS World contributor, our good friend, Ray Barashansky. Ray, welcome to Inside EMS. Great to be here with you both. Thanks for having me. And but Ray, it would be a ver- it would be a bird's eye view if the bird were an emu, correct? Mm. Oh, that's <laughs> that's good. Right, that's good, Kelly. But you know, Ray, I'm I'm glad you're here. You're one of my favorite guests. When we uh, you know have you here, you don't join us often, but when you do, I know Kelly is the better for it. But uh, for the folks that don't know you, Ray, I mean, I- I've said this for a long time. I mean, you are truly one of the best role models for our career field because when we talk about ems as a career field is it a career field or is it a stepping stone but you know people wonder what can i do next with my ems career and i want you to share a little bit about where you started and where you are today with the listeners you got it chris and thanks for that great intro uh i started off as a volunteer emt in northern new jersey in 1990 and uh soon after that i went to go work in newark new jersey uh, the Rose of the Garden State. 
The and stolen car capital of the world, by the way. <laughs> it, it, it totally is. What I like to say is Newark's the type of place where they give you the test right before they teach you the lesson. And, uh, you know, I worked there. That kind of helped me get my stuff together. And I finished a uh, eight-year uh, bachelor's degree while working in Newark. And then uh, went to a work in Irvington, New Jersey as a supervisor and uh, started a master's in public health. Uh, when I finished that, I became the, a, a regional EMS council director in New York State. I worked in public health preparedness in Prince George's County, Maryland, picked up another graduate degree, went to become the state EMS director in the state of Connecticut. And after uh, doing that for about three, three and a half years, um, I became the deputy secretary of health preparedness and community protection in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, where I've been for about the last two and a half years. And you do have EMS as one of your departments under your uh, under your leadership. And I've got to tell you, I mean, you know, when we think about what EMS can do for us, and it truly was a great uh, foundation for you to succeed. And again, you know, you set the standard for others to follow. And uh, and I hopefully I've said it just like you wrote it. And uh, but I appreciate that. <laughs> I I actually appreciate you saying that, Chris. I got to tell you that. Uh, the journey's been long and, and not every wave has broken my way, but I got to tell you that um, I've had a great support system. I've had some great friends and nothing teaches you um, discipline like working the truck. So thanks. Oh yeah. And I, I've got to get my props in as well, Ray. Uh, you are the model that I hold up to other people who aspire to, you know, a career beyond EMS. You know, I've always said that, that, uh, you know, a, a degree in EMS is one thing, but what we really need are, are people who, who move beyond our profession and who, whose heart is still in EMS. People with, with masters in public health and masters in economics and the people who policymakers, who can become policymakers, or the kind of people that policymakers will, will listen to. Uh, and, and you've, you know, you've reached that point and, and you're kind of an inspiration to us all. One day when, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Oh my um, goodness! Just, just to keep you, you know, just to keep myself grounded, I still wear my Kelly Grayson pajamas at night. Oh, that's really? right. That's okay. right. That's good. Yeah, awesome. That's you guys are really worrying me. <laughs> so, Ray, you did have the opportunity to go to EMS Expo, and you had some great classes. And you know, one of the things I want to talk about is I want to talk about the importance of you know the education that you receive. You had some great attendance in your sessions. And, you know, I just want to really talk about, first off, from the standpoint, how was the level of education at this year's conference? It was exceptional. I mean, speaking about the classes I sat in on, as well as the classes I had the opportunity to deliver, uh, the audiences wanted knowledge. Uh, as always, the location was exceptional. Um, you know, we had some Class A speakers. I mean, you had people there who were really at the top of their game, uh, getting to listen to a presentation from Tracy Losker in regard to her move from Newark, New Jersey to Alaska. I mean, where do you get to hear something like that? Um, I was privileged to be a part of a panel about where your EMS career can lead you. I was there with Blair Bingham, who's a, a medical doctor out of uh, Canada, Carl Cowan, who's with Harvard University, and Lisa DeBoer, who we all know is a pediatrics queen and you know classes like that where you get to hear from EMS experts who've really moved their way up from the inside 
Those are the things that really make a national conference a national conference. And so, yeah, great location, great audiences, great speakers. I mean, it all comes together and you have an amazing conference. Um, at, on top of which, an exhibit hall that felt like it was miles long at, with everything that's modern state in EMS. Awesome. Well, let me just follow up on that, Ray. And, you know, we talk about the great instructors that come to these conferences. If you've got to kind of pick out the best speakers, uh, how would you rate them in their area of expertise? So it's kind of interesting you'd say that. I think that when when I look at speakers, um, Chris, I was telling you this before the before we went live, but I've sat in on some of your presentations regarding the mistakes EMS managers make. And even though I deliver presentations at this level, I've learned from you. I've seen Kelly speak about clinical expertise where he's mind-blowingly accurate. Tracy Losker is probably one of the best voices for modern EMS that I've ever heard. Um, when I, uh, I've watched Baxter Larman, who also is, you know, exceptional. Um, and I've had the opportunity to, and even at EMS Expo this year, not only hearing Tracy, but hearing Linda Dykes and Rob Lawrence talk about international EMS perspectives, along with Dovi Mizell from uh, United Hatsala in Israel, you know, getting to hear um, speakers like that, getting to hear Dan Swayze and Ed Rock um, speak about uh, mobile integrated healthcare initiatives. And it specifically, this one was about uh, dealing with the opioid crisis. I mean, this is why people go to Expo. Those are just some of the exceptional speakers that I've come to expect from a, a, a conference like Expo. You know, that that is one of the things that I've always uh, uh, recommend about attending a conference, and, and most especially a national conference, is we, we tend in our own agencies to, to operate in these silos where the way we do things is that we only know the way our agency does things. Um, and the networking and the broadening your your EMS horizons that you get at, at a national conference like this is, is really invaluable. Not to mention the fact that, that it's it's a great way to get away from the drudgery uh, and the day-to-day -day grind of your work and go recharge your work batteries and, and hang around some folks that, that are just as passionate about emergency medical services as you are. Both of those points were really good, and I appreciate it. So first and foremost, it's kind of like a – um, not all the knowledge comes from the front of the room. And that's one mm -hmm. of the things I try to give, uh, put out there when I'm speaking. It's there's usually hundreds of years of experience in any one of these presentations if you just look at the audience and people turning to the person next to them, the person in the next row, uh, the person in the next section and saying like, what are you guys doing in this part of the country or that part of the country in regard to uh, reimbursement initiatives, mobile integrated healthcare, clinical initiatives. That's half of the game at EMS Expo is that networking. And then the second part, that was a great point, is go out, recharge your batteries. Remember why you got into this. It, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. You know, so Ray, I think you make a lot of great points. One of the things that I was wondering, though, and as you went to EMS Expo, that was right on the heels of the horrible shooting that happened there in Pittsburgh, at the uh, synagogue and now 
the next week you have all the EMS providers in one spot. Was this a topic of discussion? Was this a worry point? Were there were there classes that were talking about active shooters or you know casualties from these? I mean, so how did that play out during this week? It was definitely something that was spoken about, and it's a great point to bring up. Um, you do realize that, and I know you both realize this, the schedule for EMS Expo is typically set about six months in advance. But I will tell you that probably one of the more interesting uh, presentations that I heard about, didn't have the chance to sit in on it, was uh, with uh, Peter and Tevi. And um, they were talking about um, response to an active killer event. And it was several uh, presentations, some from the Parkland Fire Department, some from Coral Springs, and I think one or two were from Dallas. And Peter Antevi was there, and he's the medical director, I believe, for Broward County, Florida. And it's, it's ironic in no way, shape, or form that just days later, uh, Dr. Antevi was actually on 60 Minutes, again, speaking about active shooters, speaking about the response to these events, and even speaking about his own children and their trepidation in returning to school and how he uh, gave, I believe it was his 12-year-old son, a Stop the Bleed kit. So, Chris, this is very much on people's minds. And I think um, we're entering a different um, realm in regard to incidents like this where it's sad to say it, and I feel strange saying it, but they no longer, um, they're no longer a surprise. And if they're no longer a surprise, it means that EMS systems have a new normal. And this, the active shooter event, is our new normal. Yes, it's a, it's a new normal in EMS. And it seems like more and more the, the critical interventions we can do uh, are, are, are being outsourced to lay people. You, you know, you've got Pete talking about stop the bleed. And, and we're using the pulse point and pulsara apps and everything to to um get citizens with aeds and cpr skills to to our victims even quicker it seems like more and more that we learn we're learning to to kind of crowdsource the first responder uh aspect of ems and i noticed that there there's a quite a, a bit of focus on that in the uh in the um the conference schedule mm-hmm. did you Ray, did you get a chance to attend any of these specialty workshops? Because uh, I note that EMS uh, EMS Expo's got a, a whole bunch of, of specialty workshops like safety officer and revenue and reimbursement, a little something actually for every tier of provider in an EMS agency, from management all the way down to to uh, your, your fleet maintenance people. It's real funny that you said that. I didn't have the opportunity because, unfortunately, my schedule at work is – so crazy that I kind of came in, spoke, and then left. But to be blunt with you, I think that uh, what we're seeing, what we're seeing, is exactly what you just said, Kelly. Which is we're seeing these small tracks or sub conferences that speak to unique niches. So that's mobile integrated healthcare or reimbursement initiatives or any other area. EMS Expo really tried to get the biggest bang for the buck to the most people possible, and Speaking specifically to the issue of the utilization of the public as the true first responder, which is something that I've been saying for years, Mm -hmm. that it was very interesting to see the presentation on international EMS and what United Hatzalah is doing in Israel, where I believe countrywide they have a three-minute response time. Wow. They really are integrated into the community and utilizing those specialized apps where it automatically notifies the closest trained provider to get to a specific situation. And so 
you're totally on the money with both of those points. You know, one of the things that Kelly brought up, you know, was the recharge. And he talks about that a lot of t- times. I mean, he travels, you know, I think we figured it out. We talk about it, Kelly. You know, you travel about 200 days a year hitting different conferences. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've developed that those friendships and those relationships that when you get to go to the conference and impart your knowledge, you really have the opportunity to do some great networking. Ray, from your side, when we talk about, you know, a national conference, and as you mentioned, you know, what are you doing for billing and what are you doing in the community paramedicine space, how is that networking really helping you to recharge and to really prepare for the next year in EMS? I mean, it's not just that one-time thing where you're seeing them at this conference. You, you carry these things on, don't you? Of course. And so from my perspective, I got to tell you that, When these conferences are over, I typically hear from anywhere from half a dozen to up to two dozen people who were in my various classes and who want to hear more. And what's actually very interesting is that um, the panel that I was on, Where Can Your EMS Career Lead You?, I've gotten a number of people who've reached out and said, tell me about why you got this particular degree and, and tell me about what your thought process was on this particular area. And if I can help mentor people as they move forward in their careers, and even if it's things like um, academic credentials and what the best way to go is, um, speaking at a, at a specific conference or even readying yourself to speak at a conference, writing for a publication or otherwise getting your name out there, if I can mentor somebody in any one of these ways, I feel like I've accomplished my goal. I mean, I think that's really important, and and we try to do that. And we, you know, it's really humbling when people will reach out to you and say, you know, you know, you're a, a mentor, you're a, a role model. How do I do what you did? And I, I think that's really awesome. And and I do want to commend you as well. I mean, it was very very nice for you to bring up, you know, the way that I teach my classes, the way that Kelly teaches his classes, and one of the things you talked about was really kind of those experts in their field. I guess the next question I want to ask you, Ray, is who's the better instructor, me or Kelly? I'm sorry. I'm getting a lot of feedback, Chris, and so your your question didn't really come through. Maybe we need to move forward to the next one. Okay. Kelly, go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, that was an artful dodge, young man. Uh, that was good. So, Ray, in your uh, your busy schedule, EMS World Expo, did you get a chance to hit the exhibit hall and see any of the new technology, new swag? Is there anything that stuck out to you? Well, it's, uh, there were a lot of things that struck that uh, stuck out to me, excuse me, and whether those were some of the uh, more advanced intubation equipment, which I got to see, or even some of the um, automated CPR, I, I would call them geezer squeezers, but I'll get in trouble for that, um, or even some of the safety advances on ambulances I saw, but um, I saw all of that and more. Um, one of the things that's also very interesting is a move now toward um, a tactical mindset, which speaks to what we spoke about before regarding active shooter. And I saw a lot of um, um, EMS tactical gear and and I get where that's coming from as well. Again, speaking about the new normal, um, I think in general, EMS Expo is one of those places where I always tell people, go there once at least, because once you've been on that exhibit hall floor, you've seen the new trucks, you've seen the new safety equipment, you've seen what they're doing in regard to, you know, advanced airway management, you've seen Mm -hmm. the infusion pumps that they're using now, you've seen everything there is, you will never look at an an exhibit hall floor the same way again. No, you you really won't. And I I think it's attending these conferences, it's 
it's apparent to me that that in the last two to three years, we're really firsthand witnesses to a sea change in in EMS and 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 how we uh, approach our profession. You, you mentioned the words the new normal um, with with all the the mass casualty incidents and the and the active shooter incidents and everything. Chris and I have discussed on this podcast in the past about how warm zone training and a little a little better situational awareness and, and tactical awareness needs to be a, a part and parcel of standard EMS curricula instead of a, a, a continuing education kind of thing. And right. I think we're, we're we're seeing so much focus on that now that uh, it's about time when when uh, new educational guidelines come out that that it you know, we, we pay more attention to than just lip service to scene safety, BSI, that sort of thing. Agreed. A hundred percent. You know, Kelly brings up the fact that uh, when he grows up, he wants to be just like you, Ray. But there are a lot of people, I think, that, you know, when we, you know, do our, you know, our entertainment, when we do our, you know, presentations, our performances at these conferences, there are a lot of people that enjoy coming to our classes on a regular basis. Uh, and you're certainly one of those speakers. But I guess the next question I want to ask you, is there somebody out there that wants to take a shot at being at EMS Expo in New Orleans next year? What advice do you have for them to prepare them to submit that paper to get their classes picked for uh, that conference? Wow. That would have to be multifaceted advice. First, it would have to be pick a subject that you feel totally comfortable with but yet you can add a new spin on. Um, second, make sure you've presented before. That way you can show a national conference that you're ready to present at mm -hmm. a national conference. And third, remember that there's a kind of duality of mission here in regard to once you submit. So first thing is you want to get people's butts into those seats. Secondarily, but of no less importance, you want to make sure you're really educating them. There's a whole lot that goes into speaking and a whole lot that goes into actually um, preparing to speak and putting in that presentation proposal. And I actually deliver a whole presentation on that. And I will tell your entire audience, if there's anything I can do to help get you into that, email me. Trust me when I tell you, you can Google my name. There are not too many Barashanskys out there who are involved in EMS. And once you, if you email me, I'll do everything I can do to give you a hand. And, and, and likewise from here. One thing I would caution the, the aspiring EMS World National Conference speaker to, uh, to remember is uh, um, the prep time and, and the, the schedule they're going to put you under. You're not going to get a chance to enjoy much of the conference social <laughs> aspect as you, as you <laughs> normally would. It's not near as, as uh, rock and roll glamorous as you think, but it is rewarding in so many other ways. So uh, um, prep prep hard and be and be prepared and, and throw in a good proposal and, and maybe you'll get accepted and and if you have the time maybe you can go out and enjoy some of the rest of the conference in addition to uh to uh sharing your message with your fellow uh ems professionals but hey that's what we think we'd like to hear what you think why don't you email us at the show at ems1.com with your concerns comments questions suggestions anything you want to ask ray uh, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And for myself and co-host Chris Ciballero and our special guest this week, my friend Ray Barashansky, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>